What's up, guys? Welcome to the Lazy Boy QBs podcast, already on episode 22 for the year, the Emmett Smith episode. You know, as a Cowboys fan, I got to show love to him. Um, and who better, you know, to talk about this week 14 slate and some of these week 14 topics than my boy, the one, the only, the le- the legend himself, Jonathan Ryder. Johnny, how you doing, buddy? Chad, Chad, you're too kind. I'm doing very well. Uh, you know, I'm I'm excited about another football weekend. It's coming to a close. Uh, we're starting to get to Saturday NFL football next weekend. Yeah. And uh, man, you know, shout out seven five seven. Please stand up. Yes. Uh, you guys are the backbone of this podcast. <laughs> but you know, can't can't forget about that three zero five seven eight six. Yes. Uh, really, really appreciate your support. And let me let me give a special shout out to one specific person before we get started today. My good friend Daniel Ortiz. Now he is a diehard University of Arizona football fan, alum as well. And yeah, we're recording this on Saturday morning, the morning after the uh, the beatdown that was. Um, So yeah, Daniel, we don't even have to say the score. (laughs) <laughs> 77 um but yeah man i'm just making sure that you're okay buddy so if yeah. you're out there if, if anyone that knows him make sure you give him a call make sure you check up on him make sure he's okay see make sure he's recovering yeah um, man that yeah. that's a long way from that usc game where you guys barely pulled it out huh <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah, Kevin Sumlin's days down in the desert might be numbered, but we can talk about that another time. One thing we are going to start off talking about, we're going to talk about another West Coast team, but now we're switching to a positive one, the LA Rams. Jonathan, I'm going to just go ahead and start off and ask the question, are the Rams a contender? Yes, they are. Yeah, uh, and, you sounded and, uh, begrudging. You sound like uh, you're sa- saying it begrudgingly. All right, before we talk about the Rams really quick, the Patriots are done. I give yes. up. There yes. you go. Bye. Finally. Bill. I'm Finally. giving up on you, Bill. Um, dude, uh, man, they came out swinging that game, right? Yeah, like, they did. you know, uh, they're, they're, they gave uh, the, the Patriots different looks, right? They're not coming out with the whole, you know, three wide receiver sets. They're coming out with two, two tight ends, two receivers pounding the ball inside. Cam Akers, 171 yards. Yeah. Like, that team is different from what we saw uh, that first year of Sean McVay, you know, where you just throw the ball all over the yard. Um, it, it, it looked like a tough, you know, you know physical football team. And, uh, you know, they already showed us uh, that, they're, that they're like that against, against the Seattle Seahawks pre- uh, previously in the year. Um, they've shown that against uh, the Arizona Cardinals uh, last yeah. week. Yeah, they did have that loss against San Francisco, but I think Sean McVay is going to clean that up. Uh, no doubt, man. If 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 they can be what I, what I would say multiple, right? Yes, they can definitely. give you the, the the three wide receiver look, the four wide receiver look, or, or the two wide receiver look, and they can be effective to include running the football. I mean, wow, right? Hey, hey, forget about Todd Gurley, right? And stop yeah. paying running backs. Stop paying yeah. running backs. I hope yes. Cam Akers and and that rotation um, with Henderson in there. I hope that opens the eyes of many GMs. Uh, look, Sean McVay, we talked about this. He's one of the best football coaches in the NFL. And, and we had some question marks, especially after the Dolphins game. But you know what? That was just a bad game. 
they probably learned their lesson about teams coming out there and punching them in the mouth. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and he looked good. You know, he had Jared Goff rolling out of the pocket, making plays. Man, and, and that defense is it's it's underrated. It's yes. under. That's a that's a top defensive football team, Chad. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. And I, before we get on to the defense, I want to uh, talk about the points you made, man. Offensively, you know, to me, it, it starts with those running backs. To me, you know, Daryl Henderson, as you talked about, Cam Makers, who I'm going to give you props, man. In I can't remember if it was our draft podcast or it what, was. but it was, yeah, where you said that Cam Akers was going to be an immediate impact guy and that, you know, he was going to be the type of guy who, you even slotted him perfectly for the Rams, didn't you? Or, or a team, uh, maybe not the Rams, but you you said he was going to come in and definitely have an immediate impact. So I'll, I'll I, take a look at the notes and I'll let you know, but I think I did, Chad. Yeah, and I give you I give you full credit for that because he, you know, like you said, 171 yards. He was the fulcrum of that offense in that game, and and their running backs, you know, between him and Henderson, both over 500 yards. Malcolm Brown, um, you know, 4.1 yards a carry as well. Like you said, you know, we've been on this theme all year, and we've talked about it multiple times. The running back position isn't dead; it's just becoming more of a position by committee. And more so of, you know, you don't have to expand all your resources into one running back when you can put a little bit of resource into all three of these backs the way the Rams have. So I'm really impressed with what they've done to rejigger that backfield. Um, Like you said about the personnel and different looks, I saw a stat they ran, um, you know, two tight ends, two wide receivers 43 times out of like 61 plays at one point in that game. Um, and then 18 plays with three wide receivers, which is what they're accustomed to. So, yeah, you know, McVay, you know, he's realizing that the league is kind of starting to catch up to his three receiver sets, um, which is fine. And, you know, as a great offensive coach like he is, he's made adjustments and and they're just a much more complete football team on both sides of the ball for it. Yeah. And, and one thing that people I don't know how many people noticed, but uh, their left tackle, um, he wasn't playing Wentworth. Yeah, Wentworth. Uh, I'm pretty sure he he's out for a, an extended period of time, if I'm not mistaken. Is he? I'm okay, pretty sure. Well, I didn't know that. And I was like, man, who's this guy that left tackle position blocking for them? And, yeah. and they just kept running the ball and pounding the ball. And man, let me tell you something. Aaron Donald, dude. How do you stop that guy? <laughs> I know. Like, like I know. It, it, it kills me how he collapses the pocket, right? Like, yes. this is what uh, – he collapses the pocket by going straight in the middle sometimes, right? Taking yeah. on the guard. So it, it makes me – like, it's hilarious how foolish he makes some guards look with his speed and agility. But oh, then absolutely. The, the quarterback steps up, and you think, like, Aaron Donald missed him, right? Yeah, but he's, he, right back. he recovers so right fast and gets yep. his hands in there. I'm like, dude, give some guys a break. Yes, he is He is a problem, man. And one guy who I want to shout out on that defense, and mm-hmm. I know he was getting a lot of love in that Thursday night game, but, man, he's had a heck of a year, and that's Leonard Floyd. Yeah. You know, the, the outside linebacker, spent his first four years in Chicago, never really found his footing you know, in Chicago, had had flashes, but never could put it all together. And man, he's had a heck of a season right now. Seven and a half sacks, second on the team, eleventh in the NFL. You know, he's you know he's the guy that he's the type of guy that we've always talked about as you know who's the guy who can help alleviate, kind of take some of that pressure off Aaron Donald, or who's the guy who can exploit you know when Donald's getting all the attention in the double teams. Which, by the way, Donald twelve and a half sacks still this season, which is first in the NFL, which is insane. Um, you know, Leonard Floyd, though, has been a, a nice recipient of of Aaron Donald getting all that attention. 
Yeah, no doubt. If there was a, a an award for defensive comeback player of the year, yes. um, Leonard Floyd would be right there. And, and one of the biggest reasons why, you know, when a, when a first-rounder gets released after his rookie contract, yeah. hey, that guy was drafted in the first round for a reason. Why don't you take a fire on him? And, and Leonard Leonard Lord is making himself um uh, Floyd is making himself some money this offseason by by the way he's playing this season. Um because you know, it, that's what happens, right? You, you had a flash out season, now you're going to want to get paid. Absolutely. Um, as well he should. As well, as he, well should. he should. But look, I I'm looking at the stats here, Chad. They they have the best passing defense in the NFL. I know. I know, the man. The third best rushing defense in the NFL and their second in takeaways. This is a legitimate football team. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We always talk about, and you know, rightfully so, we talk about the offense always first when it comes to the Rams. But man, this defense is doing more than holding up their end of the bargain. They're they're setting the pace and they're setting the tone. And and like what you said about that Patriots game, they come out and they came out and smacked him in the mouth. The thing that I think we like about this Rams team is they're able to smack you in the mouth on both sides of the ball. You know, it doesn't just have to be the offense coming out and scoring two touchdowns early or something like that. You know, it can be the defense coming out, creating turnovers. As you said, they're second in takeaways, you know, limiting deep passes, limiting big plays. They're doing everything complementary to what their offense does. So, you know, this is a this is a super team to me. So my question to you, Chad, is... Yep. Um, do, do they need home field advantage? I mean, they're not going to get it right. Yeah. Is this a team that's like the, highly dependent on home field advantage or you you feel like they, they can go out there on the road and, and win some football games? Yeah. I mean, let, let, let's be honest. Even if fans were in stadiums, you know, it's not like that, that LA crowd has been great, um, for the duration that the Rams have been there. Um, and now with the new format, you know, playoff format, it's really only the number one seed is benefited at all by, by, or for an extensive period of time for the home field advantage. And they're not going to get that, you know, they're playing great. They're nine and four right now, but they're still a game and a half behind, um, you know, the new Orleans saints. So I don't think they're going to end up getting the home field advantage, but to me, they're not dependent on it for the exact reasons that we talked about, you know, mm -hmm. teams that are as balanced as they are, that can do, you know, multiple things on offense, I don't feel and can also, you know, contain you on the defensive side and make big plays. I don't feel like you need home field advantage in a situation like that. Now, I will say the one area where it may be concerning is, you know, if they do end up going away to a place where there is, you know, weather or situations like that. I know Green Bay currently has a half game lead over them. You know what Jared Goff has proven over, you know, one of the main criticisms of him is he hasn't played well in cold weather. You know, so the only thing that I'm looking at there is, will he have to go to a place like Green Bay or something like that? But if they can end up climbing to that two seed, which, you know, looking at their schedule, I feel like is more than more they're more than capable of. I wouldn't see any problems for them because playing New Orleans in that dome, you know, that benefits uh, the Rams just as much as it benefits New Orleans. Yeah, especially with no crowd noise, right? Yeah. It, it, it benefits any team going into New Orleans. It kind of borderline nullify the home field advantage, right? It's not as scary going into the dome with, with no no fans there. Um, uh, you know, they have an easy game this weekend against the Jets. Um, and I will qualify easy. I know they they haven't won a game, but they're due for one. I hope this is not the game uh, yeah. where, where things kind of like flunk out. The game that I'm looking for, the two games, man, it's going to say a lot. At the Seahawks 
Um, and and then at home to the Cardinals to finish off the season. Uh, watching this it, it, like NFC uh, West division games are always really really good. Uh, that they're, they're super competitive against each other. Uh, and, and I'm looking forward to watching this team in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I think they're going to be like we talked about their explosion, their explosion on offense, their potency for takeaways on defense. I mean, they're they're a team that you know is is definitely must see TV, and they make the fun, the game fun to watch. You know, how many teams are we looking at on a? I mean, even let's just even take the team they were playing in that Thursday game, the New England Patriots. How hard is it, you know, to watch Patriots games week in and week out? You know, look at half of the teams in the league. How hard it is because they don't make explosive plays at all. You know, now we have this team in L.A. who's making plays on both sides of the ball, you know, creating big plays, big turnovers, all this stuff. So, you know, I'm a fan of them. Chad, last question for you. Yep. Are they Super Bowl contenders? Legitimate, like I'm knocking on the door for the Super Bowl this year contenders. Man, I'll be honest, you know, until I until I fully see what New Orleans is going to look like with Drew Brees back in that lineup, it's hard for me to say that the Saints are, are by any chance the runaway favorite in the NFC. So I'm going to have to go ahead and say yes. I think the L.A. Rams are definitely Super Bowl contenders. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Uh, just, you know, they have been there before recently uh, with the same coach and, and the same quarterback. And if this defense just keeps replicating what they're doing, game in and game out, uh, no doubt that they're Super Bowl contenders at this point. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Anything else you want to say? Well, before we do, I, I will say this is going to sound weird coming from me because I've been very critical of this guy. Um, You know, I understand that it's over for Cam Newton at this point. Um, I don't think that you can put 100% of the blame on him. While he hasn't looked good this year, I don't think the Patriots side um, has by any means done a great job of putting, you know, the best team around him. So whoever was playing quarterback for that team this year, I felt like was bound to struggle. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to put all the blame on Cam, but, but you know, we can officially say the Patriots dynasty is over, right? No, I won't say the dynasty is over. I think the season is over. Okay, so you can so you see a roadmap for them to kind of get back to it within the next year or two? Because to me, because to me, if you're out of it for three years, mm-hmm. then then you know at that point it's over. To me, look as bad as they are, right? Yep. They're gonna finish the season around five hundred, right? Yeah. It's not a four and twelve season. It's not a three and thirteen season. It's Absolutely. not a complete collapse. You yep. know, they they lost uh, the arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. Yep. And you know that they're back to five hundred. I think if you they they have a lot of cap issues. Yes. But I feel like they're still in the position if they can find their guy, they can start not necessarily being Super Bowl contenders again, right? Maybe that that era of the dynasty is over. Right. But I wouldn't take away the Patriots being a competitive team if they the, all they need is a quarterback, right? Yeah. Um they might have to give up some pieces if if Bill finds his guy. I think he's gonna go after his guy. And we talked about a lot of quarterbacks moving around, uh, you know, this year, right? Yeah. Maybe maybe the Patriots like one guy, and they're gonna go all out and try to go get that guy. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Uh, I, I, I don't understand why Cam wasn't throwing the ball like that third that the the fourth down play, um, 
in, in the first half, uh, you know, they're down the goal line. The runs weren't working. Um, he, he was pulling the ball down way too quick as well and tried to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, great defense. I get it. Uh, but but the camp, I don't understand why he wasn't throwing the ball more, right? Like the, the Rams kind of knew that. They kind of smelled the blood in the water, and they're like, man, this dude ain't throwing the ball. He's not challenging us. Yeah, uh, let's just go get it. Yeah, and I think the thing with him at this point is he just really doesn't trust his arm. You know, that was always one of the best things about Cam. You know, we always, his accuracy was always up and down, I feel like, throughout his time in Carolina. But you could always count on him that he could make throws sideline to sideline and could connect on the deep ball with the best of them. And I just feel like, you know, with all the shoulder issues that he's been going through the past couple years, that's kind of neutered that ability now. Yeah, so ask me about the dynasty being over. Uh, again, Chad, ask me before the, the next season starts, right? I, okay. At least I'm going to give you at least a prediction as how I see things are going. Gotcha. As the roster begins to settle out and you see what they do at that quarterback position in 2021. Yep. Absolutely. Gotcha. Gotcha. You. And, and um, you know, now we're going to go ahead and move on to, we talked about the Rams being at the top of the NFC playoff picture. Now we're going to look at the teams who could be fighting for that seventh seed in the NFC, right? We got a list of a, of a good handful of teams. You know, we talked about Arizona on um, Wednesday's episode. They have uh, they have played themselves out of you know automatically having that seventh seed with that three game losing streak they're on, and now find themselves in a tie with the Minnesota Vikings, who are actually ahead of um, Arizona on tiebreakers. Uh, Jonathan, what, how do you see the seventh seed shaking out in the NFC? I don't. I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, 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 it's it's weird, right? Because yeah. I, I it, it's so okay. Let's start with Minnesota, right? I, and you know that this is a football team that I that I like, right? Yeah. Um, they, they like to run the ball. That that's what they do. They're they're ground pounders. It's all about Dalvin Cook, and then you know. Uh, Whenever Kirk Cousins kind of needs to make a throw, he will make one. Adam Thielen is still a, an excellent re- wide receiver. Um, that that defense, especially that secondary, it's kind of you know a lot of young guys are kind of shaping out on yeah, their own. Um, the the thing with the with the Vikings, I will say, it, it's their schedule. It, it, it's yeah. a little, it's rough. Uh, it, it's against the Bucks, but you know Bears, then the Saints. And then the Lions. Can I? Do I see two wins out of out of you know these yeah, last four a, games? That's sure, the thing. Yeah. but is two two wins really going to get you over the hump? Yep. Yeah. See, eight and eight. I don't think to me it seems like nine wins is pretty much going to be you know what that seven seed has to get to, or at least once you if you could clearly see three wins remaining on the schedule, then then um then then it'll kind of make you more so in the, really in that discussion or being more the favorite. I will say um you know we talked earlier in the in the episode when we were talking about the Rams about you know you don't have to pay the running back and we looked at them as a prime example. You know, if you're one of those who's still in the camp of you know the running back still deserves all the money, you know, you have to look no further than Dalvin Cook, right? You know, he got the big contract extension in the offseason um and he has proven to at least for this year, at least for this year, I, I'm not saying it's going to pan out that way in the future, but at least for this season, he has been worth every single penny of that money. Um, second in the NFL in rushing, first in touchdowns, you know, second in rushing attempts. So they're definitely they're definitely pounding the ball his way, and uh, you know, th- that's kind of indicative of you know how are they winning? You know, are they winning? Uh, in that first three games of the season, you know, 12 carries, 14 carries, 22 carries. 
all three losses when they started off 0-3. You know, the last couple games, 32 carries, 18 carries, 27, 30, 22, 30. So, you know, they're getting back to to what Mike Zimmer, I think, wants to do, and that's control the defense or control the run game, which allows him to help control his defense, keep his defense fresh for when they are out there. As you said, a lot of young guys, but a lot of those guys have been stepping up, making plays for them over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, no, no doubt, and, and and that's what I think it's happening. Um, it, it's those guys on the secondary, um, whether it's uh, Denzeler from Mississippi State, the rookie, um, and their first round pick. I forget his name out of TCU. Um, uh, Jeff Gladney. Gladney. Jeff Gladney. Yeah, Jeff Gladney. Um, but you know they got Harrison, who's a, who's a veteran presence. Uh, the Neil Hunter, uh, I, I guess, had a slow start, right? Kind of coming into his own right now. Absolutely. Um, so, and, and that's a tr- with trading away uh, Yannick and Gakwe too, right before the trade deadline. Yeah. Um, th- this is a team going into a, a interesting, interesting projection, right? Like the only thing that bothers me about them going into the playoffs is their schedule. As far as being a a, a, a scrappy, tough. Hard-nosed football team, uh, you, you can't take that away from them. And, and I feel like this is one of those teams that, because of the way they play, like you said, like weather shouldn't affect them too much if they have to go on the road. Um, yeah, because of the style that they play. So, uh, interesting game this weekend. And if they can pull off one of those Bucks or what, or, or the Saints game, I think they're in prime position. But I, I just don't see it happening because they're, those are both road games. They're not even at home. Yeah, and I think um, just to just to clear you up, Jonathan, I think you were mistaking uh, and got or um, Daniel Hunter for is he out? Yeah, I was gonna say he's been out the whole season. Yeah, the, okay, um, I'm sorry. Ifadi Obanagbo, I think. I hope I'm saying that right. He's you know kind of stepped up and honestly has been that pass rush for them. Which you know, if we're talking about that defense, the weakness there is definitely in that front four because they just have not been able to create a whole lot of pressure. Like you said, the back-end guys, you know, even the young guys are playing well. You got the safety, Smith, and then Anthony Harris, um, who are playing really well. But, you know, they just need to create more pressure in that front, which I think, you know, if they could have done that earlier in the year, maybe clean up some of those games that they had lost, maybe they'd be sitting a little bit prettier. Um, I don't want to talk too much about Arizona because because we, we you know. did. Yeah, I was going to say, we did a whole segment on them. Let's talk about... A team that I think is still in the mix, maybe I'm crazy for it, um, only one game back, but that's the San Francisco 49ers. Man. Oh, I think that's the team that's going to get in, Chad. Yeah, and, you know, 5-7 and seven right now. They've got Washington this week, um, Dallas next week, so you know that's a guaranteed win. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then they close the season with the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. And, man, I'll be honest. The way Arizona's playing right now, those first three look like all three wins very easily. Or not easily, but, you know, to me, I would back San Francisco to definitely win those first three. I'm right there with you, Chad. I I, I totally agree with you. And and even that that Seahawks game is kind of in play, right? I just, you know, said like a few seconds ago, this division, no matter how much there's a discrepancy in the records, they play each other really tough. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you know, and, and this is, an, again, another well-coached football team that has recently, last year, made it to the, the Super Bowl, right? I guess back-to-back Super Bowls for the NFC West, right, coming out yeah. of the NFC. Yeah. Um, don't, they don't have all their talent, right? But I think if they want to, I think Greg Kiddo can come back 
I know he's banged up. I think he can come back if he wants to. He's not out of the, uh, out for the season automatically. I think they're just kind of shutting him down. But maybe Jimmy G, the same thing. He's also eligible to come back. Now, if they're winning with Nick Mullins and the yeah. roster that they have right now, it, of course, Mostert is like the guy, right? Absolutely. Mostert, and, and I'm not going to say, hey, shout out to Brandon Ayuk, dude. Man, what he's a freaking rookie, man. He's been having a very, very good season. I tell you, man, I was not, I didn't really know too much about him, to be honest, coming into the season. And I was like, I mean, yeah, he was a first round pick, but I felt like there were other receivers, you know, who were, who were going to be way better than him. Um, and I still feel that way, but you know, this season, man, he has had an instant impact leading them in receiving with over 500 yards in only nine games. So, 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 so let's be honest. It's also the system. Brandon Ayuk is a guy that I think I'm really, really fast. I'm going to get open. Give me the ball and yeah. I'll, and, and, and I'll make things happen with my legs, right? Catch but, it in space and give him some opportunities to make plays. Definitely. Absolutely. That's what he is. Right. Um, and, and that's a and that's a, a a great job by their front office by identifying the type of system they have and then going out and getting a player that fits that system. You know, same right. way with same way with a guy like Debo Samuel last year, sure, and Kendrick Bourne as well. You know, guys who aren't necessarily you know the best receivers or even household names, but guys who fit their system and fit perfectly in with what San Francisco's doing. Yeah, because let me give you a, a quick example, right? Chad, you are probably way high. I know you were way higher <laughs> on a guy like T. Higgins over Brandon Ayuk. Oh, 100%. 100%. But, but T. Higgins wouldn't fit the mode of the, the San Francisco yeah. offense. Yep. T. Higgins is a zero separation, go yep. up and get 50, the football. 50, yep. He's not the, the guy that got So, like you said, shout out to that front office for identifying, you know, guys that are going to work in that system, even though they took Debo over A.J. Brown. But anyways... <laughs> Everybody misses, right? Yeah. Um, I think this is the team because of the experience, the way they haven't given up with all their injuries. They haven't thrown in the, the towel for the season, and they have a manageable schedule. Yeah, definitely. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're they're struggling right now, one and four in their last five games. Um, but to me, that L.A. Ram that win they had against the Rams on Sunday night, it just felt like much bigger, right, than just a one win. You know what I mean? You know, mm -hmm. obviously it's a division game, so it definitely means a lot more. But you know that that game to me is what told me, okay, you know, maybe San Francisco can find a way to get back into it. And the thing I like about them, man, they just have a bunch of mentally tough guys. You know, and as you said, they're starting to get healthy at the right time. Richard Sherman has come back over the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, possibly they could be getting Kittle back here soon. Uh, could be getting Jimmy G, maybe, um, depending on what the, the team decides to do with him. But, yeah, the schedule is definitely working in the favor of San Francisco at the right and, time. And, and let's look at their last four losses, right? I was going to say, it, ain't, it hasn't been the slouch teams at all. Seattle, Green yeah. Bay, New Orleans, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, four of the four of the probably six or seven best teams in the NFL. So And now and now you're gonna finish the season with Washington. Yeah. Dallas. Yeah. The Cardinals team has been who's been slumping. And yes. of course the Seahawks. That's gonna be the toughest game in their schedule uh going out. Yeah, exactly. And who knows, you know, maybe Seattle could be in a situation where, you know, at that point they could be, you know, maybe eleven and four or something and, and have nothing to play for because yep. they're already out of it for the division, but they've clinched, you know, that fifth seed in the wild card. Mm -hmm. And and, you know, if you're Seattle, you're looking to 
that that fifth seed I think is is probably the best position you can be in in the entire NFL because that because <laughs> that means you get to play the, hey, the least bad team hey, in the NFC. Yeah, <laughs> come on, don't disrespect a hey, New York Giants. You guys got a big game this week, and we'll talk about it later. Yes, um, we, yes, we will. Yes, but we Chad. Will. Uh, you know, do you have anything else to say about the the 49ers? Because the last team here on our list, I, I give them no shot. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Chicago, I kind of put them in there because, you know, you, you know, you look at it and you're like, well, it's Chicago. There's no way in hell that they're going to, you know, going to do anything. They're six currently... game losing streak. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a six game losing streak. But you know me, man. I'm like an addict. I can't. I can't quite quit my man, Mitch Trubisky. I know he's bad for me, <laughs> and I know that there's nothing good coming out of him. But man, I just want to keep at least half an eye on Mitch. <laughs> because because let's be honest. You know, you look at their schedule. They got mm-hmm. the Texans this week, which is a more than winnable game. Next week they have a huge matchup against Minnesota, right? And, yep. and if they can find a way to pull that Minnesota game out, mm-hmm. then they have Jacksonville in week 16. So before you know it, that could be three easy wins. They're sitting at 8 and 7 going into that Packers game. And you know the Packers, that could be a situation similar to what we talked about with Seattle. You know, they might not have anything. There are a lot of and my boy Ryan Rosillo, who I love, has always been in on this. It's hard for a team who needs a win, is dying for a win, to replicate or for the other team to replicate the same, you know, dire straits that the team is in, the win-all mentality, win at all costs. So, you know, I could easily see Chicago winning those first three, and then all of a sudden you have one 60-minute game, kick the ball off, and see what happens. Can so I that's, be honest that's my with case. You? That's my case for Chicago. I'm not saying it's a very good one, but that's my case for Chicago. I, I can see them losing all three of those games. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, because the quarterback play has been so bad and so inconsistent. The offense is just terrible for them, right? And that's the issue, you know. In, in this league, it's to the point where if you can't put up points, you're not going to win football games. And Chicago is is in a rude awakening, you know, figuring that out. Yeah, man, and. I mean, the Texans, you know, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson keeps you in every game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the absolutely. Vikings, they, you know, it, you know what the Vikings are going to do. They're going to they're gonna play the exact same type of, like, uh, game that the Chicago Bears play, except they have better quarterback play. Um, and, and the, the, man, at Jacksonville, man, man, that, that, those, those, those guys have been, like, fighting hard every game. No, but can I can I tell you something, though? Yeah. At that point in the season, Jacksonville is going to be 1 and 13, and they're going to have a mandate from the front office that if they even attempt to win the game, then the whole team is going to be cut on the spot at halftime. Okay. So I could easily see, you know, the punter maybe picking a couple guys out of the stands <laughs> to go play receiver. You know, stuff like stuff like that could definitely some of that chicanery could definitely be going on because you know, you keep you keep saying the Jets are going to get one win, then the Jaguars are like, man, let us swoop into that number one pick. So you know, they they want to keep themselves in play for Fields right. and Lawrence as much All as right. possible. But let me give you their last five scores, right? Besides God. besides the Steelers game, which was a blowout, it was 27-3. Their other five losses, right? Lost by two to Houston. Lost by four at Green Bay. Lost yep. by two to Cleveland. Lost by three to the Vikings. In overtime, They're- by the way. So, 
dude, this team is not, they're not like going away, right? They're, nah, they're in compl- games. And that's yeah. what, how I feel. Like, if you make it a game against Chicago, I don't know. I don't think Chicago can pull it off. That's true. That's true. I, I, comp- I, I, I do see that. And I see where that, where that, um, you know, I see exactly what you're talking about, but I, I tell you what, you know, we talk about the Bears struggle with quarterbacks. It, it's funny, you know, down the stretch, they're kind of having to open up some of those empty skeletons, right? The Texans game, um, you know, if they lose that one, you know, they're pretty much done. Yeah. You think you think they're done anyway, but they're, they're officially done at that point. Um, how fitting would it be to have Deshaun Watson, the guy who they passed on, you know, be the team that closes the door on their season? Um and then the Jaguars, right, could be laughing if Nick Foles gets any game time or if he's holding the clipboard for $16 million in that one. So, Well, th- it's also funny if Matt Glennon goes out there and pulls out a win because the Bears give him some good money to go out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, didn't, I wasn't even thinking about that. I forgot he's been starting for them the past couple of weeks. But, oh, um, man. But, yeah, so – Jonathan, uh, we talked about kind of the four, I guess. Well, th- I'll say three and a half. I'll give Chicago a half. I'm not going to give them full credit. Um, uh-huh. I need one word answer, and then we're going to throw it to break. Who gets the seventh seed in the NFC? 49ers. God, man, I, I hate it when we agree. But, man, to me, I just, yeah, I completely agree with you. 49ers, the toughness. I, I trust Shanahan. Weirdly, I trust Nick Mullins. I don't know why, but I, I weirdly kind of have – uh, a soft spot for him um but yeah you I don't have to trust him you don't have to trust him and when brandon Ayuk and, and uh debo samuel have outrun the coverage and That's they're just kind of wide open it's like you don't have to make a tough throw boss just just, just get the ball right there they'll do the rest very you true. gotta throw the ball ten yards. They'll do the rest. Very They'll get true. the next fifty. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You bring up a good point, man. Um, with that being said, that's gonna put a bow on this segment. Um, we're gonna throw it to break real quick, and on the other side, we're gonna be making some picks for this week. Welcome back, guys, to the Lazy Boy QBs podcast. We're glad you guys, you know, liked our insight about the NFC. I feel like we did a lot of NFC West talk, talking about San Francisco uh, Rams. Showed a lot of love to them. But, man, now let's get to these Week 14 picks, Jonathan. Uh, what game do you want to start off with? I think I know your answer, but I, I still want to hear it. Uh, I mean, you want to start with the Dolphins game so yeah. we can get it let's, out of the way? Yeah, yeah let's, let's, let's do it. Let, let, right. Let's do it. Let's eat uh, our dessert first. Yeah, okay. It, well, it's, it's easy, right? No, this is more like an appetizer, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You probably won't be as happy with this one. No, and, and this is like 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 that that cheaper Sadix appetizer. You know how sometimes you have those really expensive appetizers. I'm like, nah, I don't want to buy that shit. Yeah. So you you, just, you, you, <laughs> you go with like the shitty mozzarella sticks or something instead. Well, unless we want, uh, with my wife, it, uh, I have to get the calamari. But uh, oh, man. Hey, I don't have that kind of money, so I don't run into those problems. Oh, man, be quiet. For me, it's just a pick between the fried pickles or the mozzarella sticks, man. Hey, I'm not with some mozzarella sticks. Hey, exactly. Uh, with a little marinara sauce. Hey, hey uh, you, but- you're getting me hungry, boss. Let's get back to the. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got Chiefs. I got Chiefs. I know it's a minus. Uh, the Dolphins. I'm sorry, Kansas City and Miami. One o'clock kickoff on CBS. Chiefs are favored by seven. I got Chiefs covering that. So yeah, man. And I, I tell you what, this is to me. You know, this is where the Chiefs kind of make their statement, right? The Steelers have been, you know, undefeated the entire year. A lot of people were blowing smoke up Pittsburgh. 
They fought, Pittsburgh lost. Now people are starting to question them. This is where I think Kansas City kind of starts to separate themselves and says, hey, you know, like, we're still, you know, the premier team in the league. And I don't think anyone was ever off Kansas City. It was just like, man, Pittsburgh's really doing something. So, yeah, I completely agree. I think the Chiefs come out and, and make a big statement. I think Mahomes, I don't know how much more he could wrap up the MVP, but he's just going to continue to keep wrapping it up at this point. But I will say this, Chad. This is also a, a, a chance for the Miami Dolphins to make a statement if they can actually keep up with the Chiefs. Oh, absolutely. And, and I don't think, by no means am I being disrespectful to Miami. No, no, or, you're not. Or trying to, but I just think that the Chiefs are, are playing a different game than the rest of the league. And yes, while I still think Miami is a very good team, I just don't think that anyone else can really keep up with, with what Kansas City's doing at this point, especially with the way Mahomes is playing. Right, so with the appetizer over, you ready to move on to the next game? Yeah, man, let's go ahead and, and still keep it kind of light. Let's go to Cardinals at Giants. Cardinals favored by two and a half in this one. A lot, of, like playoff, the, lot of playoff implications. Lots. I like the Giants. <laughs> I like yeah. the Giants, man. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, man, I, I, I don't know if it's my Cowboys blood in me or what, but just for some reason, I I was also born in Arizona, for those of y'all that don't know, so I got to go with Ky- Kyler Murray and the guys. I know they're on that three-game losing streak, and I know it's going to be rainy tomorrow, but you know, if you're as good of a quarterback as I think Kyler Murray is, you don't just you just don't lose four games in a row. You just don't do that. Yeah. But the Giants are also red hot right now. Yes, absolutely. Um, they absolutely. got their own little winning streak. They had a big game against Seattle at Seattle. Now they're coming home. Uh, they, they they get to you know try to increase their lead in the, in the NFC East. Yeah. Um. And, and it, it's just a tough game. You know, going out to New York in, in rainy weather. Uh, I, I think it's all about their defense. I think their defense is going to get it done. Yeah, and I agree. That unit has been that 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 Giants defense has been. I feel like the whole NFC East has good defenses, except Dallas. Um, but yeah, that that defense has been one of the one of the bright spots of that team. Real quick on on the Giants though, mm-hmm. they're five and seven right now. If yes. they end up winning that division at say seven and nine or something like that, does that mean we have to apologize for all the Joe Judge could be fired after one season talk we were doing a couple weeks ago? Mr. Joe Judge, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I really underestimated you. And looking back at the schedule and looking at some of the close games that you were playing, um, and, you know, where the, the a, a bouncer or a bouncer could have switched the outcome of the game, I apologize, and I will try to watch more of your games closely. But I, but I think that also is, is a is a byproduct of, you know, the fact that. This season has been so weird because there was pretty much no training camp or anything like that. So if you're a first-year head coach, it's a it's a lot harder to implement your system and get your team playing the way you want, you know, right off the bat. That's why I think you saw a lot of the teams that had success early were the teams that had guys coming back. But now we're starting to see where hey, maybe these younger guys, these first-year head coaches are starting to get their starting to get their mojo, starting to get their feet wet with their teams. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the the even though they don't play each other, and I don't want to get off track, but you know, uh, uh, Washington and, and New York, the New York Giants are kind of clear examples of that. Like new head Absolutely. coaches, bringing unit systems. Now you, you can kind of you're starting to see not only the, the toughness, right? The toughness was kind of almost there, but now they're they're learning how to close out ball games. Absolutely, and and, and I think it's 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 really really important. Uh, I think that's like a critical stage 
in any coaching when, when a new coach takes over like hey when do we learn how to close out football games yeah so definitely, definitely. Uh, i i i think the giants are, are i kind of have gotten there really impressed the last few weeks with them there it's not not pretty wins they're very no. ugly but yes. you know what man if that's what it takes right now in the first year of of your tenure uh coach judge uh man just just go ahead and do it man yeah no absolutely absolutely what, agree what do you, you got chad I already said i got arizona i have the oh, cardinals winning this okay. one. yeah i i just i don't know i just I was off Kyler Murray for so long in the beginning of the year, and now I feel like I, I'm back. I'm on him now. Um, I just think that they're going to be able to, to 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 throw the ball more so than they have in the past couple weeks. I think, you know, a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, that combination, it's not going to stay that quiet for four straight weeks to me. Bradbury has been playing really good football. No, he has. He has. He, and, he's and, and he's one of money. The, I was going to say, he's one of the underrated, or not underrated, but, but I would say maybe more untalked about corners this season, but he has definitely been up there with some of the top guys. Um, moving on to the next one, we got a, a, a AFC matchup um, with some big wild card implications. We got the Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Colts are favored by three. Jonathan, who you got in this one? I already know, but go ahead, tell me. Um, Chad, this game is in Las Vegas, right? Uh, is it? Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry, I saw I saw Colts by three. I assumed that it was in that it was in uh Indianapolis. Yeah, you were right. It is in Vegas. It is okay. in Vegas. I apologize. All right. Um, to be honest with you, Chad, this screams like a classic Chucky's gonna pull it off, right? <laughs> yeah. And and. and and I think he, I feel that he can and will, but you know what? I don't want him to. Okay. I need them to get knocked off of this race already. Um, <laughs> give me the Colts. Okay, okay. Um, I think I've been pretty high, pretty high, or definitely a lot higher than you on Oakland the entire, or God, um, on Las Vegas the entire season, and. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kind of keep riding what John Gruden and them are doing. I actually trust them a lot. Um, I will say I, I think Josh Jacobs is out for this one. If not out, then he's definitely gonna be hampered with an injury. He was he was limited in practice on Thursday. I'm not sure about yesterday. Yeah, but if there's a chance that he can play, then I think he's going to because he's a tough dude. Um, and and I just like Derek Carr right now, man. I can't really explain it. I know that defense is terrible. They cannot stop anybody, but I think they're going to do just enough. And you know Philip Rivers, he's he's going to he's going to give you some opportunities to take the ball away. So, and make some plays on defense. So, for that reason, I like the Raiders. I'll tell you this, uh the running back Jonathan Taylor the, Jonathan Taylor's going to have a big game this game. He, he is a problem, man. He, he is a really good running back. He's a really good rookie. You know, these non-first-round rookies this year, talk about Akers, Taylor. A lot of these guys are really starting to, you know, put are putting together some really good seasons. James Robinson, you know, from the Jaguars. I know the Jaguars are terrible, but, you know, these guys are, are definitely putting on a show. The uh, next game we're going to go to um, Steelers at Bills. Buffalo is favored by two at home. I was kind of surprised to see that. Um, with that being said, who you got, boss? 
Give me Buffalo, man. Yeah. Nice. Give me Buffalo. Uh, nice. I, 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 you know, I'm coming around the whole Josh Allen thing. I know that he was super hot in the beginning of the year. Kind of, you know, as we talked about, he kind of plateaued. Yes. But, man, uh, he he's a guy that he's not Patrick Mahomes right. by any stretch of the imagination. Which, but, by the way, nobody is. Nobody is, but yeah. you know, he, I I like I I love his arm. Like he has a big arm. Yeah. Um, the whole getting out of the pocket, keeping his eyes down the field, and making smart throws where only his receiver had the chance to make the catch. Um, it, it's phenomenal. He you know he can do this little scramble drill. Um, the running game not my favorite, right? Uh, yeah. but you know, it, but but it, it, they're both young guys, right? Uh, Singletary's a second-year player, Zach and Zach Moss, Moss is a rookie. Um, but man, Stephon Diggs is playing outstanding. This the chemistry with Cole Beasley, it looks like it's legit. Uh, and, and that defense has has some names to it, right? Um, you know, uh, Tre'Davious White, yes. uh, Poyer, uh, you know, uh. Ed Tremaine Oliver, Edmonds, you know what I'm saying? Ed the high Oliver, first round right? pick. So you know, Tremaine Edmonds is, I think, is one of the one one of my favorite linebackers coming out of college. Yes. Uh, they're playing at home. Uh, I, I I feel like the Steelers are wounded, but the Steelers have been kind of playing. They play that hard nosed, tough like uh you know brand of football. I just not sure if they're gonna be able to like keep up the scoring with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, and I know Buffalo's defense, like you said, they were really struggling in the beginning of the year, starting to kind of play a little bit better. Um, but to me, I, st- I just still, you know, Pittsburgh struggled and has struggled in recent weeks to make big plays on offense. And I think that was very eminent in that, what did they play on, Tuesday? Washington. Yeah, yeah, that game they played yep. against Washington where, yep. and I know Washington's defense is a lot better than Buffalo's, to be fair. But still, you know, I, I, I really you know, think that Pittsburgh is going to have a hard time creating explosive plays um, the way they were in the beginning of the year. So I got Buffalo just like you. Yeah, Juju, Juju's got to go for more than 40 yards and 10 catches, right? Yeah, man, no kidding. It was it was killing me every single time he was watch, he was catching those three-yard passes. Not even running a route, just, like I said, three yards and then turn around. Um, <laughs> next game we're going to go to Vikings at Buccaneers. Um, Buccaneers favored by seven in this one. Do Tom and the boys get it done at home? They will, but I think they're not going to cover the seven, Chad. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I the clear game plan here for, for Minnesota is to run the ball, try to keep the ball away from um, Tom Brady and all those weapons. Uh, so, and, and the Vikings have shown, even though the the, the – the, Tampa Bay Bucks front seven is stout. Um, it seems like Minnesota can run against anybody. So they will go into Tampa. They will cover the seven. But I, I still got Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Gosh, we could keep naming I, all I was the weapons. I say Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, <laughs> Cameron Brady, who's been playing better, Leonard Fournette, you know, Rojo. Ronald Jones. All those guys, yeah, and for those exact names that you just listed, along with, man, I just, to me, Tampa has the best linebacking duo in the league uh, with Devin White and Levante David, and those guys are guys that are not going to be afraid to hit Dalvin Cook, 
and our uh-huh. guys that are going to be able to keep up with them sideline to sideline. Um, and so for that reason, yeah, I agree with you on on the Bucks for sure. I know that front seven is usually more of a pass, you know, re- mm-hmm. more of a really good pass pass defense. Um, so I think they're going to completely take Kirk Cousins out of the game, and then I'll allow him to de- uh, to key in on Dalvin Cook. Yeah, it's just weird, right? Tampa is sitting at seven and five. Uh, yeah. They need to win this game. Absolutely, this is Absolutely. a must win for Tampa Bay. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, next game we're going to talk about Monday night game, huge, huge, huge divisional rivalry, playoff implications, all of the above. We got the Baltimore Ravens uh, favored by two and a half, going to the Cleveland Browns. Jonathan, what are you seeing in this one? Disrespect. Full. No kidding. Really? In like the nine and like a nine and three team is the underdog against a seven and five team at, at home. I was gonna say at home too. Like, come on, man. Like a, a seven and five team that really. I mean, let's be honest. We've been critical of all season. Yeah, and and it's not like Lamar Jackson did anything special last weekend against the Cowboys. Through for or this what? week. I mean, I'm sorry, Tuesday. Yeah, threw for under 200 yards for sure. I think he only threw yeah. for like 115 or something like that. I mean, I, I I get that he had a lot of he had some good rushes in there, but yeah, I, I'm sorry. I feel I, look. I'm taking the Browns here. Uh, say what you want to say about them. They're finding ways to win football games. That that Tennessee game ended up being a little bit closer than it should have. Uh, you know, they jumped out to a 38 to seven lead and only won by like six, six or seven points. Yeah. I mean, that's because um, they took the, the gas completely. They took the foot completely off the pedal in the second But a little half. bit too much, man. A little yeah, bit no, too def- much. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, little, not, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not not giving them credit for it, but yeah, definitely definitely but, more than I think they should have. But Miles Garrett is having an outstanding season. Yes, he is. Uh, you know, Jarvis Landry has been on the last couple of games. Hey, uh, you know, Jarvis, please, I need you, buddy, uh, for fantasy. <laughs> uh, I'm still in it. Um, and and then of course that that rushing defense, that rushing game, and and I understand that the uh, the Baltimore Ravens have a, a pretty good rush defense, but man, Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt, um, man, those guys are out in it. And that offensive line, man, all those guys should be having you no. Know, Pro Bowl slash All Pro consideration for for the Cleveland Browns. It's it's I think it's a big matter of like just making sure that Baker doesn't throw away the game, right? Hey yeah. man, if it's not there, just kind of leave it alone. Um, let, yeah. let let the ground game do, do its job. Absolutely, and you know I think with Baker, he he's a very up and down type guy, and you saw in that first half against Tennessee, um, all the ups were there, right? I think it was four touchdown passes in the first half. Yeah. Um, you know, had a played a fantastic first half, and I think that'll help kind of give him some confidence, some much needed confidence to, you know, like you said, not make every single play, but just make a couple throws here and there when we need you to on third down. You know, maybe a couple play action passes, keep the defense honest, and I think Baker can can play well in that type of a of a of a spot, not necessarily as a you know your traditional drop back forty times and sling it, you know, type of quarterback. So, and, yeah. and he has some nice weapons too, right? Like Absolutely. Rashard Higgins coming out, Donovan Peoples Jones. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, under overrated in a way, as far as like, you know, I'm not, I don't even know. I'm not even going to use that word, right? Just a guy that has a lot of natural physical talent, just didn't show up at Michigan. But yes. man, 
He's playing really well in your office. He's doing what he a six rounder you know needs to do to fit into your offense. Uh, you got some tight ends there in, in your team too. So, man, I, I I feel like this is disrespectful. I got the Browns. I got the Browns winning this game. Yeah, no, man, I, I completely agree with you. I have the Browns as well. I think, um, yeah, I think the ground game they're going to be able to control it. And like I talked about with with Pittsburgh, you know, Baltimore is another team that man they're just. They're struggling to make big plays in the passing game. You know, if it's not Lamar using his legs, you know, where else are the big plays coming from Baltimore, right? You know, it's hard to find them right now. Yeah, because teams understand that that their big play guy is is Hollywood Brown. You kind of take Hollywood Brown, you know, from actually, you know, going one-on-one against your corner with no safety help. Um, Mm -hmm. If if you can do – if you can just take him out of the, the deep ball game, Mark Andrews is the only other guy that you really have to worry about. But after that, you have nothing. Absolutely. Nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. And and yeah, exactly. You, you took the words right out of my mouth, boss. So I'm not even going to add anything. Um, upset of the week. Who you got? Ooh, Chad. Why don't you go first? Because I don't have one right now. Okay. Well, I tell you one that I really like. Um, I already said they quit on their coach last week. And I still think they've quit on him. But, man, you know me. I cannot quit Justin Herbert. I'm never going to. They are two-and-a-half-point underdogs playing against the Atlanta Falcons. The game is in uh, Los Angeles. And, yeah, man, I just I, I think that they're going to come out with something to prove after that 45 to nothing embarrassment against New England. I think Herbert's going to have a really good day um, against that against that Atlanta defense. And, um, yeah, I just think they're going to be able to control the game. Wow. Okay. Look, <laughs> there's not, there are not a lot of good upsets of the week prospects yeah. here. Yeah, that's true. Um, to be honest with you. <sighs> Chad, is it acceptable if I don't have, like, a clear-cut upset of the week? Unless unless I choose one of the teams that I already picked, right? I was going to say, it's- yeah, the, the rules are the rules, boss. You got to pick somebody. You got to pick. You got to pick someone. Wow, man, you're making this tough for me. I'm sorry, um, Chad. <laughs> all right, all right. I won't pick an outright upset, uh, but I think that the the Detroit Lions will cover the eight points against Green Bay. Okay, all right. See, that's respectable. That's a nice. I was looking at that one too, but I was like, ah, I don't know if I trust them that much. Because uh, I was hell no, I wasn't picking picking the Eagles to upset the the New Orleans Saints this weekend. Exactly, man. And so let's move on to the last part of our picks, and that's going to be our lock of the week. Who do you have? Who gun to your head is no doubt about it going to pull one out this week? The Seahawks over the Jets. <laughs> Greg Williams, like Jabal Adams, cannot even talk shit to Greg Williams. He's not there anymore. Yeah, I, I know. No. Like, that's, a, they- that's the only sad part about this game is that we're not even going to get to see. We're not going to get to see that reunion at midfield after the game. Uh, but that's that, man. That's my upset of the my 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 lock of the week. Yeah, I'll be honest. I was going to go with that one if you didn't, but um. I'm you got gonna, the Dolphins game. You got the Dolphins game. Nah, trust me. I'm not. I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna use? I'm gonna. I'm gonna use it on Tennessee against your Jaguars. I, I, I know you're. I know you're gonna try and convince me that Jacksonville can make it a game, but um, yeah, you know Tennessee after that after that blowout. Well, not blowout. 
it was a blowout at first, and then they came back, played really well in the second half against Cleveland. Um, and then, you know, I just think that Tennessee is just a good team. So, and a team that doesn't beat themselves. And when you're playing against a team that's one and eleven, if you don't beat yourself, then you should definitely cover. No doubt, no doubt. I like it. Yeah. And uh, boss, with that being said, man, I think that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this podcast. Uh, we anything anything else to plug before we get out of here? Nah, man. Just just remember, you know, next week we we're starting to get Saturday football, Chad. Yeah, so yeah. We gotta get these podcasts. We got to give the people what they want a day earlier. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. Who doesn't want, you know, a fourth day of, of NFL football for the week? I know I'm looking forward to it. I know Hell you yeah. are. Hell so, yeah. <laughs> that being said, guys, we appreciate you for listening. Um, make sure you're following us on Twitter, sending emails in with suggestions and comments. And with that being said, we'll talk to you all next week. Enjoy your, enjoy your football weekend. Ciao.